Good morning, church. We are in Lent seeking God's ways, and today in particular, we focus on moving from a place where fear dictates our action to a space where our response to others is guided by compassion, what we can call compassionate fear. Let's pray. O Lord, in our doubt and fear, may we know and experience the compassion of our mothering God who tends us in the valley of shadows and will sit with us as long as we need. Amen. One of my delightful experiences in life has been the camaraderie that develops in groups. I think of a particular fast pitch softball team in West Liberty, Ohio, Allegheny Conference pastor peer group, and most recently our work group that we joined the first week of March with Mennonite Disaster Service in Kentucky. I particularly enjoy the camaraderie that develops when things erupt within the group like ribbing and teasing and the pranks show up and they do show up in these groups. So on Thursday, a week ago in our MDS experience, I placed our brown bag lunches in our cooler or so I thought it was our cooler. I then uh, retreat Realizing it was the wrong one, I retrieved our lunches and put them in our co-workers cooler. We had two groups, and so that's how we divided up, and our lunches were put there by the cooks. So at 11.30, Loretta and I stopped by the work site of this other group to pick up some tools to finish our assignment for that morning. And when I returned the tools at 12.30, Ed, our co-worker, made a snarly comment about having to eat a diabetic lunch. Because the cooks were sympathetic toward me and made sure I had plenty of vegetables and, and a, a sympathetic diet for me. But I was puzzled, and he noticed that. It showed on my face. I didn't know what he was talking about because we had not yet eaten our lunch. But at 12.30, after we took the tools back, we got our lunches. And to my surprise, there, the one lunch bag had the name Ed on it. That's not me. Returning to our base for the evening, seated at our dining table, Ed made sure I didn't forget this incident. I talked about camaraderie, right? He said he thought I was just playing the part of a sly fox pretending not to know my mistake. Of course, Ed made sure I didn't forget this the rest of the week. And that's how groups are. It's a lot of fun. Foxes are known, as Thornton W. Burgess writes in The Adventures of Reddy Fox, as the wisest, slyest, smartest, and cunning creature in the whole forest. But foxes also induce fear. They destroy and kill 
as our family in Heston discovered one morning when four chickens uh, were discovered with DBF, death by fox. It is fear that Luke catches our attention in this text. And the Pharisees, aware that King Herod has Jesus on his most wanted list, tell, tells Jesus to flee for his life, perhaps Galilee, perhaps Egypt, the traditional places of escape or the Jordan. Because you see, Herod is in the position of treading carefully under the heels of Rome, while at the same time, keeping the religious leaders happy in Jerusalem. And he uses fear to keep people in line, as in the death of John the Baptist, just as fear is trying to keep people in line in Ukraine as we speak. So whether the Pharisees genuinely fear for Jesus or they just want him to leave town, fear, my friends, is real. Robert Brenneman Goshen College professor describes fear as a most basic human emotion that creeps up in all of us at different moments of our lives. He gives some examples. Fear that I'm not safe, that my job is not secure, a high school exam, I'm not capable, that my parents or my children don't really love me, there are financial, relational failures, a failure and COVID fears, and of course, the big one, fear of change. Fear just has many, many faces, right? He goes on to write that fear can be rational or irrational. Fear can also be dangerous in that one can harm others in an attempt to protect oneself. And he writes that a group of people can be a grip. A, excuse me, a group of people gripped by fear can even be more dangerous for countless wars have been launched on the basis of fear of the other. So what do we do with fear? As we saw and heard in the children's time, there are many things to try. Some take cautions, hide, ignore, or pretend it doesn't exist. But the psalmist is in a very different place. What do I have to be afraid of, the psalmist says. The Lord is my light and my, my salvation. Even in the midst of war, surrounded by enemy, enemies, the, the psalmist is fearless. Because for the psalmist, God's protection comes not from large numbers of loyal people, but from God's quiet presence. And I don't think the psalmist is writing in a naive way. The psalmist writes from real experiences of fear and also of feeling protected by the Lord. And so the psalmist concludes, one thing I ask of the Lord, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. Jesus takes another path, and I'm really intrigued by this. Well, I believe that he experiences fear like anybody else. Jesus goes into this self-differentiation mode. And let me explain. It's his response to this foxy Herod. Jesus begins to recall his purpose and mission in life. And he says to the Pharisees, I love this line, go tell that fox, go tell that fox, listen, 
I am casting out demons, performing cures. The third day I finished my work. Isn't this reminiscent of Luke 4, where Jesus describes himself and his mission? And yet today and tomorrow and the next day, I must be on my way. Because it is impossible, Jesus says, for a prophet to be killed outside of Jerusalem. The long history shows it. Maybe Jesus is thinking of Uriah or maybe Jeremiah being persecuted in Jerusalem many years ago. I must be on my way, says Jesus. Again, self-differentiation in the face of difficult circumstances and fear. Ukrainians are also remembering who they are in fear, aren't they? Democracy across the world is rallying for what it stands for. Even our divided U.S. Congress is more united than ever, for this time at least, in rejecting the fox of Russia and recalling the values of the free world. But does that work for you and I to turn to self-differentiation, remembering who we are in times of fear? When we feel fear, can we too use fear as a time to remind ourselves who we are, what we are about? The second thing that Jesus does in verses 34 to 35, in the context of fear, Jesus now turns to compassion and lament on the eve of his impending death. And in his compassion, Jesus names those who are most afraid of foxes. It's the vulnerable people of Jerusalem, the children he so much longs to gather under his wings. And today we can name vulnerable people as well, our own children, minorities, the LGBTQ population, the people of Ukraine, other war zones like Yemen and on and on. There are lots of vulnerable people around. But in contrast to Herod, Luke reminds us that God Neither God nor God's son is a fox preying on people, even though God's church over the years has at times done so on the weak and vulnerable on the margins. And Luke so powerfully names Jesus as a mother hen who is always on the lookout for danger. Love that book, Miriam. She stretches out her wings for her chicks to take shelter underneath from storms, from predators, or even from other hens and also roosters. And there are at least eight Old Testament references to such a metaphor of God as a mother hen. And Jesus says he has so longed, so desired to be this protector kind of person, but the rulers and religious leaders of Jerusalem are just not willing to be under his wing of protection. So you have to wonder, is it easier for them to trust Herod or the Roman emperor for security? Regardless, Jesus shows compassion in this moment of fear. And seeing and feeling rejection from Jerusalem, Jesus recalls the frequent fate of prophets and leaves the people of Jerusalem with the natural consequences of being abandoned out of their own indifference. He reminds them that soon he too will enter Jerusalem 
to guess what, to cheering crowds. So the mother hen in this text stands up to the fox and seeks to shelter and protect the vulnerable. But the text also asks that question, what will become of the young if they don't accept this shelter? I believe today we benefit so very much with this feminine image of God as a mother hen, compassionate, caring, and protecting in these tumultuous times. Now some reflections. Where are you standing at this moment? Where am I? Do you feel like you're under the wings of Jesus? Or maybe you feel like not yet. Or maybe you're ready to step out from those wings in spite of the fear. Maybe compassion is not your first response to fear. What or who? What or whom are the foxes in your life? What gives you fear these days? And how does fear remind you of your own identity and purpose? Regardless, fear and compassion do exist together. Yet fear does not need to cancel compassion and compassion does not need to pretend that there is no fear. And this is playing out in Ukraine with stories of people acting with compassion in a fearful context. Indeed, it's, been, it's played out all over the world as people are responding to the needs of Ukraine. So my friends, may compassion be spread like a mother hen's wings to the vulnerable in your space. May we all turn our hands and feet in camaraderie with compassion in the face of fear. Indeed, may we all act with compassionate fear. Amen.